So mental fitness really is our capacity to respond to life's challenges with a positive rather than a negative mindset. This is not just, oh, be positive, you know, have a rosy outlook on life, but it's really about having a way to embody that and to, to uh, move forward because we choose it because we're grounded in a different aspect of ourselves that, that supports that kind of mindset rather than uh, spinning into something that's not quite in our best interest. Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up, reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Patrick Cameron. Patrick's a life coach. He focuses on positive intelligence and mental fitness. He's got 40 years of experience in the human potential and developmental systems. His goal is to assist those of us in the second half of our life in imagining and creating a remarkable retirement. Thanks for joining me today, Patrick. Thank you, Jackie. It's great to be able to join you today and to speak about something I'm very passionate about and, and uh and very eager to share. Oh, great. Since none of us generally end up where we aimed when we started out in life, I usually uh, start off by getting my guests just to uh, explain a little bit about how they ended up doing what they're doing. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I uh, even as a, a young boy, um, was very interested in sort of the, the the spiritual nature of life and all of that that entailed and, and explored many, many different avenues and paths and um, and spent many years in a, in a formal setting uh, in, serv- in service to a community. So it was curiosity and it was a, a sense of uh, restlessness, which I'll, I'll mention in a moment. It's one of my, one of my uh, uh, primary energies that has driven me my whole life that uh, um, anyway, so that restlessness really uh, created a lot of curiosity for me. So still a, a lifelong learner and very interested in, in you know, information and, and what develops us as, as people, why we think the way we think and why we do the things we do. Um, and so having, having tried almost just about everything, I think, along the way, at bits and pieces and some uh, more deeply, um, I, I came upon uh, this system as a result of many, many years. It's a, it's a beautiful system that I'm going to share today. Uh, but it's, it's a system that, that really, in many ways, assists anyone on their journey in life, especially for us, us in our second half of life. So lots of study, lots of training, lots of workshops, lots of my own reading and research. Uh, I was in a job for a number of years where uh, we would do a book of the month in my community. And so I read a lot of thousands of books in 30 years to prepare and, and, and bring something salient uh, to uh, my audience. And so uh, having reached this point in my life where I've got a, a wealth of experience and, and inquiry, um, I really felt compelled and, and inspired to not just throw away a lifelong of learning, but to really uh, find things that I think can assist all of us without threatening our our sense of who we are in our community or connection to perhaps a faith community. Uh, 
it's just a very, very uh, simple, but very profound um, system. And so what I found is, as I've used the tools that I'm teaching and continue to, it's been, for my wife and I, it's been a game changer, just in terms of some of the habits that we've gone into that really aren't productive, and how to relearn, how to retrain ourselves in a way that's very, very systematic. Uh, it's gradual and sequential, but inevitable that uh, things start to shift and change. So what brought me to it was just this uh, curiosity that caused me to leave home and be a student and, and strike out in the world and, and find a lot of different uh, experiences in my life and many different iterations but it has brought me to this moment and really eager and uh, grateful to be able to share some of that experience and, and that underlays the, the, the system and the program, the mental fitness, positive intelligence program that I'm sharing today. Fabulous. So you actually were one of the people who kind of started off heading in the same direction that you ended up. That's great. Yes. Yeah. In many ways, many, uh, in many jobs in between, you know, to, to, uh, to get there, but yes, absolutely. Thank you. So let's just jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about what positive intelligence is and what mental fitness means for us. Well, and, and uh, I think it might be uh, good for me to, I've got a, a slide deck I'd like to share with you. And, and as we go sure. along, we can go back and forth, but uh, let me pull up my slide deck and share my screen because that'll really keep me focused. And I really wanna, I wanna treasure our time and, and really present something that uh, for, and I know that many people won't see the slides because this will also be a, uh, an auditory or audio podcast. So I'll, I'll be mindful of that as I do, I do a description and make sure that I um, uh, articulate things that are, are relevant. So let me share my screen with you. Uh, pull it up here and get it uh, launched and we'll do the full slideshow. So uh, I call this mental fitness for happy retirement. And so that uh, seems to be, and as I go along, of course, it'll become more uh, evident. But, uh, and so, in, so you asked me, and what inspired me to go to the slide deck, Jackie, was the definition. So mental fitness really is our capacity to respond to life's challenges with a positive rather than a negative mindset. And now, and this is not, um, this is not just, oh, be positive, you know, have a rosy outlook on life. Uh, it, it, and we'll address that in a moment with uh, some of the content. But it's really about having a way to embody that and to, to uh, move forward um, uh, because we choose it, not because we choose it because we're grounded in a different aspect of ourselves that, that supports that kind of mindset rather than uh, spinning into something that's not quite um, in our best interest. And so I just want to share with you some of the metrics, the system, the, the mental fitness, uh, positive intelligence, some of the uh, metrics that I think relate to the audience so that people are, are retiring uh, around well-being, you know, 85% increased happiness, 91% better stress management, 83% improved self-confidence, and then in relationships, 86% improved relationships, 84% conflict management improves, and 97 percent improved empathy. So these are just a few of the metrics that have been studied as this program has, has been introduced and has been used by thousands upon thousands of people. So how and, long, sorry, go ahead. I just want to sure. jump in for a second. How long sure. has this been, uh, been going on? Um, I think the program has been around uh, for about 12 years. Okay. Is, is my, uh, somewhere between 10 and 12, and I should have that more, uh, I should know that, but that's my, um, uh, my sense, and when the book was published by Shiraz Sharmin, which is uh, Positive Intelligence, and it's been it's been published in over twenty languages now, 
So it's, okay. uh, it's quite popular and it's being used in a lot of leadership programs as well for younger people. So next slide just talks about the foundations of mental fitness. One is neuroscience, which is really the neuroplasticity of the brain that we, we the brain develops these circuits that uh, uh, help reinforce habits and patterns. And one of the keys to uh, uh, breaking out of those habits through the mental fitness is uh, related to the neuroplasticity of our brains and how we can work with that. There's also the positive psychology or the science of well-being and the philosophy, ancient philosophy. You know, uh, Plato was one of the first to say that we have within all of us, we have the man or woman, humanity, we have the lion or the animal, and we have the monster. And he said, as, as human beings, as we learn to tame the lion within us, we control the monster. And so uh, I think it's a wonderful way of, of presenting how we can spin into certain areas that really uh, are not in our best interest or anyone else, but they're available to all of us. And then also the cognitive model, which is cogn uh, cognitive behavior therapy that uh, many people are familiar with. So those four are the foundational pieces of uh, positive intelligence, uh, mental fitness. So the power of factor analysis, which this slide I'm showing right now, it has a palette of colors for those that are gonna view this, but will listen to it. What this program does is it discovers the root causes, which I'm gonna to get to in a moment, and that results in radical simplification. So the program is super simple and available and accessible for, for just about anyone. Um, so the, the example being, as I show the palette of blue and yellow and red, those are the foundations of all the colors of the rainbow. Every color we have come from those three. And at the root of mental fitness are the, uh, the, the root causes, the factor analysis. Um, once again, the red, blue, and yellow colors. Factor analysis for change are three core muscles at the root of all mental fitness. And they are saboteur interceptor, sage perspective and self-command. And those are the three, and I'll touch on those today um, and give people, give people a practice or two to take away uh, that they can start using immediately. And so we have within us, uh, what the program uses the idea, the metaphors of saboteurs and sages. And I'll, I'm gonna expand on that today because that's uh, really a wonderful place to focus. So uh, saboteurs, I'll, I'll explain in a moment, but the, they're, they're situated on different sides of our brain. So the first saboteur that we all have is the judge. And the judge um, has three aspects to it. The judge is judge of self. So we can, uh, it's the, um, the universal judge and it, it, it afflicts everyone. It's one of the, it's the one that beats us up for repeatedly making mistakes over again or shortcomings. It warns you obsessively about future risk. It wakes you up in the middle of the night with worry. Uh, it can cause us to get fixated on what is wrong with ourselves or others or life. So the three aspects, we can judge ourselves, we can judge others, or we can judge the circumstances. The pandemic being a, a prime example of that. Many people look at the pandemic as bad, 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 and wrong. And we can't wait till it gets over and all these sort of things that we can fall into with the judgment. Um, and yet um, that's one way to look at all, all this. And then there are the, the accomplices along with the judge. So what the program has done is identified the judge as the primary and then there are the, the accomplice saboteurs. So there's the, and I can briefly do a little description of each nine of these. I will say that at the end of the presentation, I will 
uh, invite people to go on to positiveintelligence.com. They can click on the, the icon that says saboteurs and it'll take you to a survey and you can get a free saboteur test if you're interested to find out. All of us have a couple of primary saboteurs. Uh, when I first began this program, mine were Stickler and, and uh, Restless. And then after about six months, I thought I should take the survey again. And I did. And I ended up with two different <laughs> separateurs. So I, I, I guess I look at that as progress. So it just pulled other things up for me as I went along and did the work. Any, any uh, questions, uh, Jackie, before I continue with the... Uh, uh, no, can you just, can you rhyme off what the... Uh all the accomplices are just for the people that are listening? Yeah, absolutely. So the first, uh, the first one is the controller. The controller is the anxiety-based need to change, uh, to take, or to take charge and control situations and people's actions to one's own will. It's high, high anxiety and impatience when that is not possible. Uh, the next one is the hyperachiever. That is dependent on constant performance and achievement for self-respect and self-validation. Latest achievements are quickly discounted and needing more. Then there's restless, restless, constantly in search of greater excitement in the next activity or constant busyness, rarely at peace or content with the current activity. Then there's stickler. Stickler is a perfectionism and or need for order and organization that gets taken too far. It's anxious, uh, trying to make too many things perfect. Uh, the pleaser is indirectly tries to gain acceptance by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering others. Loses sight of its, our own needs and becomes resentful as a result. We have the hypervigilant, continuous, intense anxiety about all the dangers and what could go wrong. Vigilance that can never rest. And we have the avoider. The avoider focuses on positive and pleasant in an extreme way, avoiding conflict and unpleasant tasks and, and situations. Then we have the victim. The victim is emotional and temperamental to gain attention and affection, an extreme focus on internal feelings, particularly painful ones. It has a martyr quality to it. And then last but not least, the hyper-rational. It has an intense and exclusive focus on the rational processing of everything, including relationships. Can be perceived as uncaring, unfilling, unfeeling, or intellectually arrogant. Perfect. Thanks. Sure. Now, the, the other side of this is the sage, which we'll get into in a moment. But those are the nine, the judge along with these nine are, are the primary uh, saboteurs that we work with in the program. And one of the things I want to say is there's nothing wrong with any of these saboteurs. We all have them. We've developed them as children to survive. They are part of our survival mechanism. So to say, oh, these are bad and wrong, right? I want to take the survey to find out what my primary uh, top two might be. Um, I could certainly see that. And there, there could be a sense of, of uh, being judged right along with that. But really, it's about just understanding how we have developed these capacities to help us survive in life. And we really don't get rid of them. So what I find now is when I start to get triggered and I start to activate one of these, uh, I'll say, oh, I'm, you know what, Stickler's showing up for me. So I have an awareness and then I can go to my practices to, to, to balance that out. Because if I run with Stickler the whole time, uh, eventually I, I, I'm not as productive as I'd like to be. And sometimes there's a, an aspect, there's a saboteur that I want to pull up because I'm working on a project. If I'm working on a 
something that I know that my controller or my hyper rational or hyper achiever, some of that energy. So I, but I choose it, how much I want to bring up. So when I work with my clients, it's not about um, eliminating anything or negating anything. It's simply about saying, oh, you know what? It might be valuable to bring the pleaser forward here. Maybe I'm really hyper rational all the time and maybe it would be okay to, to think about other people at times as well. Bring a little bit of that into the relationship. So it's really about fine tuning and bringing this sort of self mastery to our, our lives in a way that's, that, that can be very healthy for us. So it's, uh, it's more a matter of recognizing the different uh, aspects of your personality more or less and being able to uh, put them to use when, when it's good for you. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just building that awareness, that mindfulness of, of, um, you know, I've got a number of clients I work with that, that, that they, they have their primary saboteurs and we look at them and, and then what we'll do is we'll pick an opposite energy, something that they perhaps they've disowned that they just don't use. And all of a sudden they realize, oh, you know what, if you're hyper rational, maybe it's all is well, you know, which is not on the list here or everything's going to be okay or good enough. You know, many times good enough is good enough. Yeah, but if we're a if we're hyper achiever, uh, you know, we think it has to be perfect all the time. And sometimes it's just good enough. It's just what what's needed. So, yeah, it's just having that mindfulness, creating that. So that we have, we start with the judge that we move to the nine saboteurs. And as I mentioned, there's a free survey online, which I have a slide for as we get there as well. And so here's a sample of someone named Sarah. And uh, for those that don't see this, but what I'm describing is her survey all of her saboteurs are here. The judge is not there because we all share the judge. But her top two are stickler and hyperachiever. So what we do in the program, once we have the survey, if someone works with me as a client and, or in our boot camp, um, we, we, we focus on the top two because those, once we start to unpack the top two, typically the others sort of unpack themselves as well. Um, and so here's Sarah. She's a very successful uh, businesswoman, and she was struggling with her team members. And so she took the survey, found out that Stickler was number one for her at 7.5 and Hyperachiever right there at 7.5. So those are the two primary energies that allowed her to be very successful in her work, but, but were not the tools to bring her team together in a way that she felt was going to optimize their value and, and honor them as, as members of her team. And so, but this is an example of what the survey provides for you. And then there's a description of Stickler. And I'm not going to read it, but, but people, if they're interested, could certainly get their own um, survey done, as I've said. Uh, I will say the, the stickler is perfectionism and a need for order and organization that can be taken too far. So with that, all of our saboteurs are valuable, but they can become toxic when it's the only tool that we use. And um, so, and then there's the other characteristics, the thoughts and the feelings that go along with, with that example of, of the uh, saboteur of the stickler. So saboteurs, right now the screen shows a split mind, saboteurs on the left, sage on the right. And the saboteurs are in the left part of our brain. They're part of our limbic system. They're part of our survival. So the saboteurs all line up with the survival nature of our brain. And then there's the sage, which we haven't talked about yet. The sage lives within all of us. We find it in the middle prefrontal cortex. It's... Uh, an empathy circuitry. So empathy for self, empathy for others, empathy for the world. And it's on the right part, uh, the right parts of the right brain. So left brain saboteurs, right brain uh, is the sage. 
And part of the program is to start interrupting the saboteur circuitry and start to activate through physical practices, through tactile experiences. And I'm going to share one with uh, before we leave today. Uh, and through the physicality, we can access that right part of the brain. The next slide again is the, the, the split brain saboteurs on the left again. So the saboteurs motive, motivate us through negative emotions. Uh, things like fear, stress, anger, guilt, shame, insecurity. And the world is full of that. We know that. Now, on the sage is motivated through positive emotions, through empathy, curiosity, creativity, passion, and purpose. And so it becomes self-evident. Uh, and so people will ask many times, let me show you one last split brain here. So saboteurs might generate success, but not happiness. Where sages generate your highest success and sustained happiness. And why I think this is so uh, potent and, and, and important, I think, for those of us in our retirement years is that we have, we have a bit more time, if we'll make more time, uh, to really explore this and really to activate and live more and more from that, that sage energy that, that generates not only achievement, but also success and sustained happiness. You know, one of the things I really appreciate about your website is it's not about finances, it's, a, it's about those other qualities that we have within ourselves, the things that remain untapped. But if we're always in worry and stress and fear and anxiety, and we, and we can't manage that well, we really can stay stuck. And so to unravel that and unpack that in a way that allows us to free up more creativity, to look at the world with greater curiosity and, and put down some of the judging and the finger pointing that we all do. I, I find myself doing it at times as well. There's a, there's, a, there's a spaciousness within us that gets uh, opened out that is quite uh, vibrant. And it's also very healthy for us. It's also uh, great for our body. It's great for, it helps us uh, if we have struggle with overeating. This can be a really great practice to settle some of that nervous energy that we find satiated through, uh, through overindulging at times, perhaps. So are you, go yeah, are you going to go into how we can do those things? Yep, you betcha. Okay. I've got a few more slides and then I'll share a practice or two at the end that people can, okay. can take away. So the question remains, is pain good for you? You know, is stress and fear and anger a good thing for you? And the answer to that is that there's a picture on the screen right now of a hand over a hot stove. It is good for us because it's an alert signal for only a second. So the pain is valuable. That's why we know we're, we're sliding down that saboteur pathway to say, oh, here I go again. I'm going into my, I'm going into my restless. You know, I want to be somewhere else than where I am, uh, whatever that may be. So what's that about? And to have that in, inner uh, conversation. So the pain is good. The discomfort's good for only a moment. So negative emotions are only helpful for a second as an alert signal. And then staying in negative emotions hurts our ability to see clearly and to respond with empathy, curiosity, creativity, or laser-focused action. So if we're in our retirement years and we're looking for things to do, we're going to be able to build that clarity and that creativity and to be able to plan. You know, one of the key phrases in your website is planning. Well, isn't it lovely when we can plan and it's really about a fresh canvas, not something that we're, we're dragging along with us or a concern or fear. What if it was possible to live a life of, of uh, peace and calm more so and, and a, a vision for what's possible for us to do some of the things that we've only dreamed about to this point? So the first core muscle with I, I mentioned is the saboteur interceptor, and that is catching ourselves when we start to slide into the saboteur. 
Now the sage is the, the ability, sage's, sage energy is based on positive emotions, peace and calm, clear-headed focus, creativity, and the big picture of what's possible for this. And I, I just think all of these are so valuable for all of us, especially as we, as we age and why not age in the, into our, this period of life in a healthy way, in a dynamic way, and to realize that, gee, I, maybe I could take that trip, or maybe I could pick up a new hobby, or maybe I could do something in a different way. I could volunteer somewhere, help someone, someone else. But all those things become more available to us when we're less stressed, anxious, and fearful. So the second core muscle is a sage perspective. So we talked about first one was the, the saboteur interceptor. The second muscle that we build in the program is the sage perspective. The sage perspective is that the, the uh, idea that every outcome or circumstance can be turned into a gift and opportunity. Every outcome or circumstance can be turned into a gift and opportunity. And so that's a challenge at times, but that's really what the sage perspective is. So this door is closed and this door is closed. And now what? Where's the opportunity here? And sometimes we have to look for it. Sometimes we have to develop new skills to walk through that door, but it's there for us. Life is for us, not against us. And then there's, a, as I mentioned, the saboteur survey, which is at positiveintelligence.com. And you can go on, uh, any of the listeners can go on or viewers can go on and take that saboteur survey. If they're curious. One of the things that I do with in my coaching um, is uh, we invite every participant to take their saboteur survey. And then that gets plugged into the system that we work with, with uh, the, the positive intelligence website ourselves. And they gear the program to the individual, what the, what the primary uh, saboteurs are. And then the information, because there's a daily, there's an app that, that uh, our clients receive on their telephone. It helps coach them through the day. Uh, they're encouraged to spend 15 minutes a day in, in practices. And, as a, and before we leave today, I've got like one more slide and then we'll do some practices. Um, but so what it does helps us track. And there's a, there's a little point system there, 36 points a day. So if we do uh, two minutes of, of mindful kinesthetic work with your uh, fingertips, perhaps, um, that's six points. If you do an eye, eyes open meditation where you're really just perceiving and seeing what's alive in your your field of vision to slow ourselves down. All these practices are designed to slow ourselves down and to move into that sage perspective and to really into the calm and peacefulness of it. So it's very accessible. Uh, you know, I, I taught in a spiritual community for years and it was very difficult for people to meditate consistently. You know, the meditation was a big emphasis. A lot of people don't have 20 minutes a day to meditate or don't feel they do. And so um, I thought, how can we do this on the go? When I saw, found this program, I thought, this is so beautiful because I have, I have two minutes. At a, you know, I can put two minutes aside at lunch. I can take a 15-minute break if I want to. If I really want to do, a, I've got a, a 15 minutes uh, for my practice all at once. But I like the idea of how it's, it's, uh, it's uh, short durations, it's accessible, and it's very impactful. I've always and had it, trouble with uh... With uh, meditating, sorry to jump in there. No, for, thank you. Oh, no, for sure, it is. I jump in. I I uh, try the meditation, and as soon as I close my eyes and start to uh, you know calm down and think about things, I fall asleep. It's, I, I got to work on that part. Well, you know, I I got into meditation form when I was in my early twenties, and I had the same experience. And the person that was mentoring me was wonderful, and and they just said, "Well, you know what? You're tired." 
and you're yeah. giving yourself a chance to rest. And I thought, wow, because I really felt I felt some shame. I felt some guilt about I'm not doing this right. And they just said, oh, eventually you'll stop falling asleep. And I thought, OK. And uh, I still fall asleep sometimes when I sit down to meditate. But but uh, yeah. And the last thing I wanted to share, if people are interested in knowing more, they can they can go to uh, my website, integralmastery.ca. And we offer a seven-week boot camp. And we do that on an ongoing basis. We work with five people at a time in the group. And it's really nice group learning. Uh, there's a video that comes out every Saturday. Each week, each program begins on a Saturday. And then I facilitate the group for seven weeks. So if people are interested, would like to know more. Uh, for example, right now, our seven-week boot camp, we fill that up. We've been doing some webinars. We have five participants now. And now we've scheduled another one. So as people uh, call or they, they connect with us, we just simply... I check with their schedule, see what's going to work and see, find that happy medium of a day and uh, per week. So we meet once a week, but there's homework people do and they talk about check in how they doing with their practices. What are they noticing? So it really helps accelerate uh, their learning and their growth into the program. What we know uh, and what the science has shown with this program, it takes like any change. It takes an intense initial uh, foundational practice to get it really uh, into our into our new habit for ourselves. And we find seven weeks is a, is a good time. I've been working, uh, my wife and I have been working with this program for almost two years now. And so we, we both have the app on our phone. We pull up and we listen to whatever the thoughts for the day are. Shiraz Charmin, who wrote the book, Positive Intelligence, has developed a beautiful program. And thousands of coaches now out in the world sharing this in, in many different uh, uh, arenas. Mine happens, my focus happens to be because I'm in the retirement age as well. I want to work with my peers and I want to teach uh, to folks that are learning right along with me. So I find it. And as you are doing with your, your podcast. So um, just an inv invitation for people that uh, might be interested in connecting and knowing more. And um, so what I'd like to do right now, Jackie, as you mentioned, I'll stop kicking my table. So my screen stops wiggling. Um, <laughs> is I'd like to share uh, just a, um, a couple of simple practices. And so I'm going to invite people to just simply, uh, in, so I'll, I'll be very descriptive because I know some will just be hearing this, not seeing it, but I want to invite you to just simply take two fingers. I like to use my pointer fingers and just touch them together lightly and just feel the ridges on each finger. Just Allow your two beautiful fingers to capture your attention in this moment. And just feel those ridges. And that is what we call a PQ rep. Now, sometimes I will do that when I'm in a conversation. Sometimes uh, I'll be, my wife and I are having a conversation. I'll be PQ repping while we're having the conversation because I want to stay in that sage perspective of open and curious and not trying to fix things or change anything. But, uh, but our, our body and then a, a, an expansion of that is to take both hands and touch the fingers together and just feel the, the, the ridges on both fingers, these beautiful hands and fingers that have created and, and, and fed us and made so many beautiful things throughout our lives. But what it does, it slows us down and it actually opens up that sage part of the brain. And if you notice your breathing, another practice is to simply, while you're sitting quietly, 
is to do an openized meditation of just noticing the breath going in and out of your lungs. And just take the breath as you see fit, feeling it come in and go out and notice. Perhaps you can notice the change in temperature as it comes in and how as it comes into our body to nourish us, replenish us, it goes out, the temperature has changed. So I would encourage anyone that's interested and you find yourself sliding into the the stressors of life that you're starting to move into the anxiety. So uh, for example, for preparation for today, the number one thing I did was I, I did a half an hour of PQ reps because I wanted to be able to be, I wanted to be the example of what I was gonna speak about. So I could have shown up uh, worried and anxious and be the hyperachiever in, in sharing this information with you, Jackie, and, and hopefully others that, that could find some value in it. But I knew that I didn't wanna share that. I didn't wanna share a saboteur energy. I wanted to share the sage energy. So my preparation has really been around doing my PQ. Uh, PQ means positive intelligence. It's an acronym for that. Uh, but the finger work, I, I love the finger work because I can do it anywhere. I can be I can be on a call with someone and doing my finger work while I'm listening to them. And what we know also is that we connect energetically. We connect uh, with one another thousands of miles apart. We can connect at that that beautiful level of what I would call the soul or that that deep life that lives within all of us. Um, and so. There's simple practices. There are many. Another practice is that I use a lot, and I do it when I'm golfing, is uh, if I'm really hit a bad shot, I'll sit down on the bench at the next hole, and I will just feel my toes in my shoes. I'll just, I'll find my big toe, and then the next one, and the third, and the fourth, and I really just want to presence myself again and open up to uh, a bigger idea than, oh, I'm such a bad golfer, or I hit a lousy shot, or 10 in a row, or whatever it may be. But I just want to take myself out of that spin of, of judging myself as I'm, I've, I've done something that you know I'm not happy with, or I could do better, and all that. But I just want to stop that conversation and open up. So the fingers can be a really uh, powerful way of, of connecting with that sage energy. The breath can also do it for us and the toes. And even if it's for 20 seconds or 10 seconds, it's so helpful to just slow us down, calm, calm ourselves down, open that part of the brain. And what I have found over time is um, it much, it's much more accessible for me to step into the sage perspective than it ever has been. Do I have it perfected? No. Will I ever have it perfected? No. But it's a tool that I, I know is available to me and that I catch myself sooner than, than later. So it's an ongoing practice for me. My goal with the coaching is that I don't want to coach someone for the rest of their life. I want to, I want to give them these tools and I want to get them launched and I want to be an example. So when someone's they're in a situation that's stressful and someone says, why aren't you, why aren't you stressing like everybody else? And they can tell them the story of the practices they use that allow them to be their best in any moment. So so the idea, you you figure out which of the uh, saboteurs is the the one that's jumping in on you right now. Say it's the it's a stickler, and you know you're trying to get everything done just perfectly all the time. And and the idea is you just stop and take a breath, or stop and do the uh, 
the fingertip touching or or do something to get back into the moment and away from what's what's right. really right bothering you right, right. yeah yeah, yeah okay. because the brain that uh you know the saboteurs uh, are the voices in our heads i'm going to let's read from a little bit of the text i have prepared today but the saboteurs are the voices in our head that generate the negative emotions in the way we handle life's everyday challenges so they represent automated patterns in our minds for how to think, to feel, and to respond. And they cause all of our stress. They cause our anxiety, our self-doubt, our frustration, our restlessness, and unhappiness. Uh, and they sabotage our performance, our well-being, and our relationships. You know, I, I, I think we're in a meaning crisis right now. You know, I look at the world and I think that people are really struggling for meaning. So they look for it through politics or they, they look through it through... Um, finances, you know, more money will make it, make it better. Um, and all those things play a part. But when we, when we're, when we're letting our saboteurs, those voices in our head uh, generate those negative emotions, we just live a, a quality of life that I think is, is far less than is uh, possible. And I, I think when we can call ourselves back to our best self, our, our, our most potent for creativity and curiosity, I think everyone benefits. Um, I'm, I've got two granddaughters. They're my, my medicine. I call them my medicine, but I, I love practicing this with them. And my daughter-in-law said to me one day when I was sitting there with them and, and I don't, you know, I don't announce this. I just do my own work internally. And she said, you know, cause they have three grandfathers. And she said to me, you know, not all grandfathers are created equal. And I just <laughs> said, well, tell me more about that. And she said, well, you just spend the, the time you spend with them. It's just so different. And, um, and it's because we do connect in that sage energy that they don't even know. But, but when you call forth that from yourself, it's contagious. You sort of induct someone into that space with you, not to manipulate, but just to kind of bask in the, you know, whatever you, you know, it's all, all life is for you and all is well. And, and um, you know, if we make a mistake, we make a mistake, you know, it's a, uh, it's just a, it's a, just a healthier way to live. Um, and so I, I really enjoy this practice because I think, as I've said, I used to teach a, a form of affirmative prayer or uh, grounding prayer for many people. And, and then of course people would get into crisis and they'd run back and say, I need another prayer. And, and that was just the dynamic in the role I was in. But for me, this work is, is just so much more broad based in terms of well, let's just come home to that that's that unique place within you that that is uh, grounded and peaceful and calm, and let's develop more of that. And the and the brain circuitry we have such great science now that is able to measure this and like never before. So um, it's simpler than we think, but it really requires attention and uh, awareness, and then having these practices in our lives. The app has, as I mentioned, many, many practices and they shift and change as we go and they're all valuable. It's a really nice tool to have, pull out of your hip pocket with your cell phone or hopefully everyone has a cell phone um, <laughs> and play the app, see what the, see what the lesson is for the day and listen to it. It's usually about two minutes long and then move into a practice. So it's quite, quite uh, well supported. And I don't think there's anything uh, negative about that. The chance to practice being more positive and to practice looking for the upside of whatever situation. I think that's, that's good for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what else do we do? 
you know, we can, because our, the, our, our differences are, are defining a lot of us now. And yeah. I just don't want to play that particular uh, music in my life. Um, I'd like to find the commonality. I think that we all care deeply about a lot of the same things. And so I look at this not to be Pollyannish or to ignore, but, you know, it's allowed me the capacity when I meet people that I really disagree with to be able to simply say, to go into that curiosity and just say, well, tell me more about that, you know, and let them, and let them talk. And I don't have to agree with them. And I, you know, but then we can say to one another, well, that doesn't represent my opinion, but I certainly respect what you have to say. And because when you can really listen and take in something that someone needs to express because they're frustrated or angry, but not have to fight back or defend or make it different, um, I think there's a healing that takes place there. I think there's a shift that takes place there that is quite powerful. So I, it, it, it moves us out of this childlike developmental process we needed to survive into healthy adults to be able to disagree with respect and say, oh, I, I see why you say that. I see why you feel that way. And, and create such a beautiful quality of life that I don't want to live any other way. I mean, I can certainly take my saboteurs and run them to the, the nth degree, but, uh, and then I'm stuck, you know, where do I go from here? Uh, other than I, I guess, get on the phone or, or, and connect with people and apologize at some point, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a beautiful thing. It would definitely be nice to be able to have conversations with people that you disagree with without having to feel like you have to change their minds. Right. But yeah. Life yeah. would be so different then if, if we could just listen to each other. Yes, I agree. I agree yeah. 100%. And that's a wonderful way to, uh, to head into your retirement or your beyond retirement life, I think, uh, with the idea that you're just going to let people live the way they want to and be happy in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, it's, uh, it's to, to live the golden rule. You know, to do unto exactly. others as you would have them do to you. I mean, it's uh, that crosses all religious uh, uh, denominations, that golden rule. I used to do a, a talk once a year on the golden rule and people say, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that, the, you know, this tradition had it. And, this tra and they all do. But it, oh, sorry. Evan. Anyway, um, uh, I thought I had that off. But, uh, yeah, it's just such a lovely way to live and um uh, and to to see the world, to see ourselves from too, I think we can be so much more forgiving and compassionate, especially with ourselves. One of the the first sage qualities is empathy. And uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things we do at times that we look back and say, "Yeah, I wish I'd done that differently." Um, and then, and when we can do that for ourselves, we're much more uh, able to do it for others. And to see the world, you know, people are doing the best they know how, and they're, they're looking for meaning, they're grasping onto things to give them meaning. But, you know, uh, we, when we have these saboteurs running our lives, um, you know, one of my great teachers said, it's not so much what gets said, but it's that self within us, who's saying that? And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? Is my sage saying that? Or is my, is my, my victim saying that? Or my controller saying that? And it makes all the difference. Yeah. So it's a, it's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful program, beautiful system. I think you've given us a lot of things to think about today, Patrick, uh, positive intelligence and mental fitness. Uh, definitely not something I've thought about before, but I have thought about 
the voices in my head and what they're telling me to do. Yeah. So I think this is something that I really need to uh, to check out. I'm definitely going to figure out, go to do that quiz and find out uh, what my saboteurs are. Awesome. Yeah, you know, Jackie, absolutely. And when we have it, you know, the Buddhists have a practice called labeling. And what it does is it removes us from I'm, I'm this or I'm that, but it's simply to realize, oh, this is an aspect of myself that I happen to be using quite a bit. And maybe there's another yeah. aspect. Um, and that's part of the voice dialogue work. I work with people who want to coach beyond is finding that balancing the controller and it's all as well. You know, how much do you want to bring controller into this situation? But it's really, it really helps fine tune us and, and gives us a, a, a dexterity of, of, uh, of tools that we can use because we're choosing, not because we're being forced to feel a certain way. So uh, I appreciate that, that you're willing to do the survey. I would encourage anyone to go on and take that positive intelligence uh, uh, saboteur survey. So, you know, and then you realize, Oh, wait a minute, there's my, you know, it's not who I am, but it's an aspect that lives within me. And, uh, and even that awareness is a Buddha say, then you label it. Oh, that's my, that's my uh, controller. And, uh, and controller is good. We need to control the car when we drive. We need to control certain things in our lives to be safe and, and our well-being. But if we, we overdo it, it can become toxic. It can become obsessive. So, yeah, simple but uh, hard, to, hard to do. So people can get in touch with you at, through your website, integralmastery.ca. That's correct. .ca, integralmastery.ca. Our program is there we're, and we're building new programs where we are starting with the boot camps. We want people to have the language of uh, saboteur sage work. And then we will we, we'll go from there with the programs we're developing. And I have several uh, coach uh, uh, clients that I work out with individually, but that's something that, um, uh, you know, to get into the boot camp and start doing this work, get the practices in your life. Uh, it's so impactful and, uh, and so beneficial that uh, that's where we're full. I should say we, my wife's doing this work along with me. So we feel very blessed to have the opportunity to have the technology, to have people like you out in the world that are doing uh, work to inform and help people grow and develop. And it's really um, the work you're doing is, uh, is very important. And I thank you for your, your willingness to uh, share this time for me. Well, you're welcome. And thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed it, uh, Patrick. It's been a, an eye-opening experience for me, for sure. All right. All right. Blessings to you, Jackie. Thanks so much. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. To check out the video interviews, please go to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash beyond retirement. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes.